0: Wrestling Reverb is a part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Pulse Podcast Network provides you with the best variety of podcasts on the web, from sports such as the WWE and NBA, all the way through to Dungeons & Dragons podcasts and anything in between. Head on over to PulsePodcastNetwork.com or you can download the Pulse Podcast app, which is available on both Apple devices and Android devices.
1: Hey! me yes you what are you a wrestling fan
2: yeah and do you like podcasts they're all right then look no further i have got the perfect podcast for you well what is it it's called why we watch it's
0: a podcast by fans for fans about fans where can i find it you can find this podcast on the visionaries wrestling network and it's available everywhere that you can find a podcast including spotify stitcher and even google play Guys, Wrestling Reverb is, of course, a part of the Pulse Podcast Network, and the Pulse Podcast Network now has an official ticket provider, TixBlitz. Take a listen to this.
1: Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixBlitz, the price you see is the price you pay, and TixBlitz just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TickFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TickFlix. That's TickFlix.com. T-I-S-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere.
0: Guys, that's how easy it is with TickSplits.com, the official ticket provider for the Pulse Podcast Network, and just use the code PULSE in all caps to get 5% off. Hello? Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever edition of Reverb Rewind. It is finally here. I am Josh. Kevin is here also. How are you doing, Kevin? Pretty good, pretty uh pretty
3: stoked after watching this pay per view. I've been waiting to get this reverb rewind off the ground now for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm glad we're finally getting down to it.
0: Yeah, so um if anyone is living under a rock who follows me, um Obviously I've been promoting Reverb Rewind since before Kevin was even on here. I've been um I've announced it. I was just trying to find the right time and way and just the right way to do this. This is going to work very fine and I had a lot of fun going back and watching this pay-per-view. Um I'm already I already have the next four choices all set out. Um I'll put them out soon for you know the next fortnight or so we'll do another one of these, but um me and Kevin are probably going to pump out these more often than I even imagined because it was just fun to go back and watch um, these shows and like watching it and taking notes and, and not really only really knowing what kind of uh, the main story was happening here and a few little tidbits here and there. But man, um, Kev, um, before we even break into um, Reverb Rewind. I wasn't even going to bring up anything from the current time, but we have to talk about what happened on Raw and SmackDown this week. We have four NXT call-ups. Um, briefly, how did you think they did in their first week?
3: Uh, I think they all had chances to shine in spots. I thought particularly uh, Alistair Black against Andrade on SmackDown was terrific. I thought the tag match between DIY and The Revival was really good. And I thought I thought Ricochet had chances to shine on both nights, um, more so I think on Raw in the tag match with Balor, uh against uh, Lashley and Leo Rush. There it is. But I thought they all had chances to shine. I'm curious now if, if this is going to be a permanent thing, or are that was it just like a one night sort of showcase? I, we yeah, don't
0: really yeah. know. There's no um, clear cut kind of. It doesn't seem like there's a clear cut plan. At least they're not, if there is, they're not telling us um, with what's going on. Uh, I mean, I was really surprised. Um, we had a, like, a very, the end of the last episode, it was kind of when we found out about, we were recording. So it was our live reaction, yeah. I guess. Um, and I think, along with all, pretty much everyone, we were surprised. Um, We didn't really know what to expect, um, but they all had matches. They all had victories. um, Yeah, it was just very different. And it's like thinking back on it now, going and seeing what we have, that's the core four of NXT really without, you know, with the exception of Velveteen and the Undisputed Era, that's the core of NXT. Um, Now, I know they're not leaving NXT anytime soon. Um, I'm not going to say spoilers from the tapings, but they were on the tapings. But it must be a transitional time. But I mean, seriously, like that is taking a very, very great chunk from NXT when they do, you know, move over to the main roster, which I'm assuming is the plan. But who really knows? Yeah, I have You gotta
3: assume they're coming sooner, sooner rather than later. Obviously, yeah, they they did work the tapings. I imagine they'll work NXT through. Take over New York. That's what I'm thinking, and then they'll get called up. But yeah, you're right, dude. This is a, this is like the cream of the crop in NXT, all coming up at once. Mm. It it's it does present an issue as to who is going to fill those spots down in NXT. Obviously, Velveteen's st- still there. Uh, the undisputed era could carry the show if they need to. But there's going to have to be some new talent to step up and take main event roles.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess time will tell. Uh, I'm excited because it adds a new little flair into the roster, but, I mean, if you look at what they did with that last five people that they called up, they're not really utilizing all of them the way they probably could or should, but, I mean, they're not really on the level of these four just in terms of what they've done for NXT, but, like I said, time will tell, and... I mean it adds a fresh little bit into Raw and SmackDown, I guess.
3: Yeah, I thought it's good to see it's always good to see new faces on Raw and SmackDown, especially like especially on Raw because, you know, they've been lacking for weeks now. Um it is yeah, I did notice though that while we got all these ta- we got all these uh call-ups on Monday night, EC3 was nowhere to be found. Um Lacey and Heavy Machinery had their same, like, little spot again. Nikki Cross, nowhere to be found. So I wonder if they soured on
0: those call-ups already. Yeah, who knows? Um, It is, um... uh, I mean, I I don't know how I feel about this, because usually, in previous years, our call-ups have really been relegated to Roar and SmackDown after Mania. They've taken so much of a chunk from NXT. You couldn't really imagine them calling up more people after Mania, but, I mean, that seems to be a staple of those shows. Does it take away from the the shows after Mania if you do it now? I don't know, but there's a lot of people going from N- NXT. Yes, there's probably a lot of people that could step up and are ready, but it does take a very big chunk from NXT, even just looking at um, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans um, EC3, the list goes on. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm excited and I'm, uh, looking with a positive outlook, I guess.
3: That's good. A, co- a positive outlook is always important to keep, um, be- being negative just is unhealthy. <laughs> and, it really uh, is. Said- <laughs> As 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 hard as it is to be positive on Raw and SmackDown sometimes, especially Raw, yeah, it's just so much easier on on the soul to keep an open mind and a positive
0: spirit about things. Yeah. Um. You now before we jump into Survivor Series, I do need to um, send out my, what's the word? I don't even know what the word is. I'm just gonna say it. My account. I tweeted this last night, is slowly becoming a Lacey Evans stan account, and I'm sorry. Um, I've ch- sent out a lot of tweets about Lacey Evans in the last three days, but in this last week, I've realized that she's probably my favorite performer in WWE right now, and I don't know why. Um, I get every time you mention Lacey Evans on Twitter, there is bound to be someone that does not like her. She yeah, has a the- lot yeah. of hate on on um, yes, on Twitter my the people the core people that I talk about wrestling with, my brother, my sister, and my sister's boyfriend and my brother's girlfriend for that matter, hate Lacey Evans, they despise her, and I am the minority in my own house in terms of i'm the only one that I love Lacey Evans, I love what she 's doing i All these reports about her being skyrocketed to the moon. I've been on that train for months. I'm ready for it. Um, But Every time I tweet about that girl, man, I get, for as much hate as I get, there's always someone sticking up for me as well. Um, She divides a core audience. Um, That's a good thing, though. She's new, no. she's fresh, she's not wrestling obviously every week and she's already got hate and love. That girl, I swear when that girl gets a little bit more of a push, that's working in a you know bigger storylines, that girl's going to get some hate. This is this is um going to be interesting but I, I do need to say that i ain't stopping with the lacey evans tweets and the lacey evans posting on social media It's still going to be happening and uh if you don't like it too bad
3: <laughs> good keep it up keep it up because i love me some lacey evans too i think that it's it's crazy how much heat she gets just from walking down to the ring and walking back up stage she's doing such she's doing so little and garnering such a reaction polarizing is good we've seen some a lot of we've seen a lot of really great superstars be polarizing figures I'm not saying she's in the company of some of those guys because when you when you think about polarizing you think about John Cena and you think about Roman reigns yeah she's not there not yet, yet. Not, not not even close but I'm not I but you never know yeah. she can get there someday. She's a good work. She's a good worker. You go back and watch some of her NXT stuff. She could work. Yeah, and she's just got this personality about her, this presence about her that really either irks people the wrong way or attracts people to that. And that's the name of the game. Yep. It's just a garner reaction.
0: Yeah, it's been a good week for me. Mandy Rose got the win over Oscar. She's she's looking in a title picture for Fast Lane more than likely. Lacey Evans is gaining some steam. I'm doing good. I'm in a good wrestling mood. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, how about that, Lacey? How about that? Mandy Rose hitting Oscar. That yep. didn't make people happy, but I thought of you immediately as it happened. So
0: yep. I was happy as all hell. I was I'm on this. I'm I'm I've got the Lacey Evans Mandy Rose train and I'm driving it straight for Fast Lane, I guess. Um anyway we digress let's uh let's talk about the this is this is a we're finally doing this I'm so glad I can finally say this out loud this is the debut edition of reverb rewind we are here thanks to you thanks to absolutely everyone that voted in the polls on mainly Twitter Facebook and Instagram as well um, survivor series 99 was chosen there was um, four uh, choices to choose in the poll. Like I said, there'll be another poll out very soon, um, and I think you're going to like what I have ready. I'm not even going to let Kevin know, because I'm going to surprise him um, Oh, bit uh, trust, oh, trust, trust me. Trust me. It's for a very good reason. There is four, um, four choices that you will uh, really be interested in, Um Anyway, so this show was in Detroit. It had an I know the attendance because JR said it about four times in the show. 18,735 yeah. people were here in Detroit for Survivor Series 99. Um, Kev, you seem to be the, the right man to go to here with our recap, so I'm kind of going to let you take the reins. Let's, uh, let's run down the matches. Okay. So first
3: up, we start things off in the traditional Survivor Series match. First of many on the night.
0: Hmm.
3: These teams were the Godfather, D'Lo Brown, and the Headbangers versus the Dudley Boys and the Acolytes. That's what I love about this era is that these teams are so much more – I feel like they're so much more random. Even though there's probably a storyline behind it, I didn't dig too deeply into what happened before Survivor Series 99. So – as a result, taking this on its own, that first, especially that first team, even this—I mean, the second one too—but Godfather, D'Lo Brown, and the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrash—that's
0: that's wild to me. That's out of this world, but I love it. Yeah, me too. It is. Um, do you know what I like about this? And it's kind of a lost art. The team of the Godfather, D'Lo Brown, and the Headbangers all came out to the Godfather's music. They were all pimps. We had the ho train. We had everything. Um, I, I think, like, when you have these Survivor Series matches, I think... I know they're good matches now. They're, they're more emphasis is on wrestling in these matches in the last few years. But, okay. The match itself was cool. It was fine. It wasn't, like, an incredible wrestling match, but it was fun. The... The stuff that they had going on with that team alone, they they at least own the fact that they were in a Survivor Series team together. Like you said, we didn't you know dig too deep on what was going on beforehand, but you couldn't imagine that it would be a big, long-running long, long story that these four were all pimps together. So, I mean, it's just fun. Like, owning the moment and just having fun in that wild attitude era, um, it's a little bit lost now. And I think WWE... While I do believe that the in-ring action is very much a step above ahead of the Attitude Era. I hope I'm not pissing everyone off yeah. by saying that. But, um,
3: You'll it, piss somebody off.
0: I'll There's piss no somebody off. Yeah, I, I mean, I could say hello and someone will get angry. Um, so, I mean, at least, yes, the in-ring action now is better. But the the fun side of wrestling has dropped so much. And I don't mean that in a completely shitting on WWE way now. The WWE still has fun moments, but you look across this show and it was in just in a general sense, way more fun. There was no one match that I can take from this show and be like, that was an incredible wrestling match. Like you could put that up now and against anything. Now that's not really the case in this show. It was just, I had more fun watching it. Um, just starting off this show, like, yes, the Attitude Era was wide, t- wild. Times have changed. We understand that. There was a hoe train and stuff like that. And you had Jerry Lawler shouting all these things at these um these hoes. I wish you could see my air quotes there. Um, But it-, it just was... Regardless, I just had a lot more fun, even with just the entrance of those four. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> I thought it was funny seeing the Headbangers come out with the afros
1: yeah. on,
3: you know, dancing on Godfather's music. And I think you're right. They really played up the fact that no matter what these guys were doing as individuals beforehand, like they were a team. This was a Survivor Series match. They all came out together. And on the other hand, you had the Dudley boys and the Acolytes coming out separately. Clearly clearly, some foreshadowing that there weren't, wasn't going to be great teamwork. They talked it up on Michael on the mic a little bit. And then, almost not immediately, but right around halfway into the match is when things started to go haywire. You had like the D- Bradshaw got himself DQ'd. Yeah, Devon and Farouk literally just left the arena <laughs> fighting each other. Yeah. And it's I, that something you, we we do see that um, it's obviously one of the staples of tag team matches, especially at this show. Is that can we coexist? Because you often see guys teamed up that don't necessarily like each other. But it's usually booked as like the end of the match. Like someone turns on someone and that's the end of the match. That's how I view
0: it. Yeah. No, I agree. He-
3: it was just right in the middle of the match. It happened. And then we got – we still got more afterwards. We, got Bubba, we got Bubba Ray taking on uh, D-Lo and The Godfather. And you see, yeah, he put up a fight. It wasn't like the end of the match immediately. And I like I, I like the way they booked that.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, I have a few... The only f- couple of notes that I have written down that I knew that I had to remember was that first clothesline from hell that uh, Bradshaw did was absolutely brutal. And those weapon yes. shots... Those weapon shots were... Whew, they were snug. And oh, it's... Bradshaw, man. I mean, it's not something we obviously see now, weapon shots to the head, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but boy did he smack him in the face with those i was like oh that would um oh that would uh, not feel nice i would assume no. um do you side note weapon shots to the head obviously they're not a thing we see anymore just with you know different reasons and stuff like that do you think that it takes away from Hardcore kind of wrestling in this sense in WWE, as in terms of I understand unprotected shots to the head. That that to me shouldn't be a thing. But even like you know when wrestlers get their hands up, protected head chair shots or weapon shots in general. Do you think that's missing from this this kind of stage, or are you are right, kind of on the train where it's like it's not needed? I don't I don't think it's needed. I
3: think you could tell as as brutal of a story with shots to the back. With shots to the the legs and the arms, uh, the kendo the kendo stick shots
0: for me are typically brutal. Yeah, I don't really think it's necessary, honestly. Okay, that's fair. I just just was curious because I don't know. I'm in the I'm in between. I think it's necessary in a very rare sense. Sometimes it's just I feel like it could be it could add, but definitely not an unprotected shot to the head because. That's just dangerous. Um, but anyway, uh, fun match. I had fun with it. Um, what do you think about this match overall?
3: Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was anything special. I didn't expect it to be just yeah. based on who was in the match, really. Um, it seemed like a very mid-card tag match. Uh, what notes did I have? I, I had the same exact note about that clothesline from Hell. <laughs> it, it, is, it makes me like shudder. Yeah. Every time I see it, actual. I I also wanted to point out, and I think when you, because you sent me a Snapchat of your note sheet last night.
0: Yeah. And I
3: caught this because I had the same exact note. How about Teddy Long as an official (laughs) on the outside?
0: (laughs) Yes, I just wrote Teddy Long with an exclamation point. I was like, "Oh my god, it's Teddy Long."
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was happy about that. The other thing I wanted to to mention um, with the headbangers. I had to, like, check myself to make sure I wasn't crazy because I was like, the Headbangers, weren't they on SmackDown recently? Yes. And they were back in 2016 <laughs> when the brand split first happened. It was a tournament, a- wasn't
0: it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they were in it. And I was like, whoa, it's the damn hang- Headbangers. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so other than that, Nothing yeah. much
3: stood out to me about this match. Uh After the match, I thought it was funny that the referee, Tim White, was getting, like, really, really
0: friendly with the (laughs) Ho-Train. I love the Godfather. I always did. The Ho-Train was fun. He was fun. His promos... You just listen to the way these guys talk in the attitude era. Like, yes, we understand, like, okay, it was a wild time, but I didn't think of... I didn't actually... It's been a long time since I've sat down and watched a, a pay-per-view from the Attitude Era in its entirety. I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's not like I um, I watch a lot of current content because there's so much in a week. So sometimes you just don't have time. But it's nice to sit down and watch something from the Attitude Era. But y- y- although we know how wild and crazy and unpredictable and you know just intense it was... Um, some of the stuff that comes out of Godfather's mouth, you're like, whoa, Jeez! Like it doesn't offend me at all. I'm fine with it, but I could imagine in this day and age that that
3: would not work. Yeah.
0: It's just a different Godfather's society.
3: Godfather's not a character that would do that would do well today.
0: No, but I I mean I love it. It's fun. I love that kind of stuff. I don't mind when wrestling is a bit um unpolitically correct, if you if you will. Um <laughs> it's just Just a very different time. It is whoa, just ah, you just forget. I just really, honestly forget how, just how TV fourteen this show really was. Um, Yeah, they stretched the limits, definitely. Yeah, they really, they really did. Uh, well, we can move along. What's next?
3: All right, what's next? Oh, just just the debut of one of the greatest wrestlers of
0: all time. Just that. Uh, Oh, we had. Sean Stasiak, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. WCW's finest Sean Stasiak. <laughs> yeah.
3: You got Sean Stasiak t- taking on the debuting Olympic gold medalist, Kurt
0: Angle. Who's that? Have you heard of him before?
3: Oh, just that in bits and pieces. Yeah.
0: He had an all this right home,
3: really, I guess. This is really a Sean Stasiak
0: match. Yeah, um, well, that's what I've got written.
3: <laughs> we are joking. We are joking. We are joking. Oh, uh, the first thing I noticed was the crowd's reaction to Kurt it was like nothing.
0: Yeah. It was a tough crowd. But yeah. I had, that, the- I had that written down a lot in my notes. It's just um for someone that just assume I don't know why I assume this, and I just I just thought in in a sense that wrestling crowds were better in the attitude era and there wasn't a lot of time of lol, of nothing. But in this show, there was actually a lot of times when the crowd was quite silent, and I don't mean that in just the shitting all over the Attitude era way, I just mean that in, is like, there was a lot of lulls in these, in these matches where I was like, ooh, the crowd's silent, they're very ready, and they're very loud for what they love, but when they don't, you know, and, I mean, Kurt had a rough time with this crowd in general in this match, that was kind of the story of this match, really.
3: Yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, you gotta look at it like, we ob- we obviously know what Kurt Angle would become, right? Yeah. In the in the next twenty years, so I, I'm I'm ex- half expecting them based on what I know now, to ch- to just cheer him, but or or just really boo him. They didn't really do too much. They booed him more so than anything. And I thought it was a nice touch when he got on the mic and said, "Don't boo him. I'm gonna Olymp- they like, don't boo me. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. You don't boo an Olympic gold medalist." I thought that was a pretty good. Uh, touch and that, that picked up the crowd somewhat.
0: Yeah, it was a the match was what it was. It wasn't very long. It just just a showcase Kurt Angle match really. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, would you agree with that statement?
3: Yeah,
0: it wasn't a, anything special. Yeah. It wasn't
3: anything crazy, but it was a good showcase for Kurt Angle.
0: Yeah, definitely. Kurt, obviously, what we know now, Kurt's one of the the best of all time. Um, but it is just really weird, like you said, to watch him come out. My initial reaction is to smile and be like, "Oh, it's Kurt Angle," but then you actually see, and it's like, "Oh, he's a baby! Like he's he's so yeah. young. This was twenty he's years hair. ago." Yeah, <laughs> and just um, man, and just the way he talks, it is just so different. He's just um, the little promo package they had on him beforehand. Um, I was like, "Wow, Kurt's come a long way in twenty years. He's not the same Kurt Angle." But um, it was. It was cool. To, I, I I didn't honestly know that this was on this show. I knew he debuted in '99, but I didn't know it was on this show. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised to watch the in-ring debut of Kurt Angle.
3: Yeah, because you could see flashes of how good he would. You could see oh, yeah. flashes of how good he was going to be.
0: Yeah. Um, before we move on to the next match, there was a brief little promo in between match two and three, and I had this written down, and I do need to talk about it. I miss Heat. Heat was so cool. I know that you didn't start watching wrestling until like um, 2006, but Heat used to be on before the pay per views and it used to run before and um, it used to always have this. It was important. Heat was important in that time of running into a pay per view and stuff like that. It just, it was the kickoff show before there was a kickoff show, but it was still a television show. So, I mean, it was fun. I miss that. Um, I understand that the kickoffs now are not that. But in a sense, it, it I think they adapted qualities from Heat, but it was just there was obviously important segments on Heat with Stone Cold and blah 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 that we seen in the um in the promo package. So I mean, I just I just had that written down. I just miss Heat. I wish they would bring more of that element into the kickoff show. Like, why well, have a kickoff show with just them randomly talking when you could have an hour of something like Heat and showcase a few. Other talent and and have little segments that you know maybe you couldn't fit in on Raw or SmackDown. Just that one little push home before the pay per view.
3: Yeah, I, I think you make a lot of sense. Uh, I was actually as yeah as someone who did who missed the Heat era. I was so surprised that like seeing some of these segments on Heat, they're they're like oh let's throw you back to what happened on Heat, and it was something important and it furthered the storyline and it's it was. It was a surprise to me because I never thought Heat was, like, that that much of an imp- I didn't realize how important it was.
0: Well, Heat was on MTV um, at its very genesis of Heat, was, or maybe just after it started. It was on MTV for maybe only a year or so, but that's how hot WWE was at that sense. I know MTV's a little different now in this day and age, but obviously everyone knows MTV was that demographic's core audience was, you know, 18 to 34 year old males was just MTV was wild for that kind of stuff. They had some crazy stuff on there, but yeah, Heat was on MTV for, I don't know how long, maybe it was only a year, maybe it was two, but I don't know if it was on Heat uh, on MTV at that stage, but it was maybe briefly after that or even just briefly before, but yeah, that's how important Heat was to be on MTV
3: yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was on TV either. That's crazy.
0: You learn learning something new every day, folks, on the Wrestling Reverb Podcast. That's what I'm here for. Lacey Evans' love <laughs> and weird tidbits about wrestling. <laughs> hey, that's all. hey, isn't that all you need? Isn't that all you need? Well, in some people's right. eyes, no. <laughs> no, in some people's eyes, that's like the last thing you need, I guess. <laughs> Ask my brother. Right. Jesus, he would tell you. Um...
3: All right, let's move on. not sure anything else to say about Kurt Angle or any praise to heap on Sean Stasiak? I mean, Sean Stasiak.
0: We would need a whole podcast on that one, so we'll leave it for another day.
3: Okay, very fair. That's, uh, I had the same idea. Good job. We'll move on to the next match, another Survivor Series match. Whoa. Now, one of the things I wrote down for the first match was that this might be the weirdest team I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I actually wrote that with some profanity in
3: there. (laughs) And then in this one, we got the team of Val Venus, Sexual Chocolate Mark Henry, Gangrel,
0: and Steve
3: Blackman. (laughs) That is Mm. the weirdest team I've ever seen. I mean, when
0: Val Venus came out and when uh, Mark Henry came out, I was like, okay, we're going for like team sex here. That's what we're going with, sexual kind of team. Then Gangrel came out and I was like okay and then Steve Blackman came out and I was like what <laughs> it was, it was not, yeah it definitely took it was, a turn down uh, North Street or yeah whatever. um before we say the other team which is stacked um man gang girls theme is just so amazing that song is just oh I just oh, it, it just gets you in a zone like I just am like whoa let's just listen to this song on repeat just a little quick side story about that song. So I have like a shower speaker that I can stick to my shower screen and I can listen to music in the shower and I have a wrestling playlist on Spotify. Um, So I just listen to wrestling songs a lot in the shower and I'm not even kidding. Every time before I click shuffle, I make sure that song is number one in the queue because I can wash my hair to that song any day. It is just a jam. Like that song just gets me bopping The amount of times my roommate has come to me and said, you play the same song in the shower every day, and I tell him to piss off.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a great story. Uh, Gang Girl, yeah, Gang Girl's theme is one of, I feel like it's one of the truly underappreciated themes in
0: wrestling, because you yes. don't hear about it too much. No, you heard it on SmackDown pff, Halloween, I think it was last year, and yeah. not many people reacted to it, it made me so upset, I was like, oh. Oh, is it, oh yeah, the, the New Day's, the New Day's brood entrance was incredible. The brood, man, I love the brood, not the Hardy Boys brood, the real brood, but um, yeah. Uh Shots fired. No, I mean the Hardy Boys Brood was average. Everyone knows that. Agent Christian one. who, that was a good time. It yeah. was just. Oh, I just love that so much. I just love. I just really love the Brood. But anyway, I digressed. All
3: right. And yeah. Those so yeah. Those four superstars: Venus, Henry, Gangrel, Steve Blackman, taking on the British Bulldog and the Mean Street Posse, which oh. who can, which consists of, jeez, Pete Gash. Rodney and Joey Abs. These guys are out here wrestling in sweater
0: vests. Hmm. Um. I have one note about the Mean Street Posse, and I'll read it in my words that I wrote down here. Oh man, the Mean Street pof- Posse are rough. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah. They are. Um. I wouldn't say uh, they're three of the finest technical wizards in the ring.
3: Got to be hard to wrestle a technical match when you're wearing a sweater vest. And Jr noticed. Jr picked up on it. Too. JR noticed a lot of things. <laughs> that, I know. that was just a... as for the as for the match. uh
0: what did you think? Uh, it was a bit slow. Um, there wasn't a lot of crowd participation, from what I noticed anyway. They liked Mark Henry. They liked Val but I did notice that as opposed to. The first two matches, there was, there. This is the lull I was kind of referring to. There was a lull in this match. I don't know if you noticed it or not. Yeah. It's just different. It's just so different. Like usually, okay. In if there was this kind of match that was a bit slower, you know, a little bit of an in-between match, a little bit of a quote-unquote bathroom break. Not saying that this was that, but um, in this day and age, fans would chant random shit which I don't really love, but at the same time, I would almost rather that than silence. And fans back then didn't really seem to do that as much, that kind of takeover mentality of um, just chanting random crap because you're bored. Um, That, from what I remember and from what I realized in this show, that really wasn't a thing, I don't think anyway, Um, but now you just chant random stuff. I mean, I don't like either. I don't like silence. I don't like the random chance. But I don't know what I would prefer. I'd rather
3: hear something. Yeah, I, I think crowd. I, I think the wrestlers, unless, well, unless they're getting like this is boring chance or like the beach ball is going. I think that hearing that noise is a lot easier to feed off of as a wrestler than silence. Uh, but you're right. Pre, there's a lot of silence during this match. There's a lot of silence during the show. The only time I noticed like a chant really was uh, the Kurt, in the Kurt Angle match. They were chanting for the Red Wings.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, they were chanting for the Red Wings. They were chanting boring. They weren't. The fans did not like that match. No, but we're talking about this tag team match. It was it was like fine. I. The survivor series tag matches are really hard to have to be like really good, I think. Yeah. Um especially like you don't have main players in these matches like you like today we usually see like the top guys in survivor series matches. Yeah. This is like this seems like
0: this is mainly for the mid card. And they were fast. I noticed that all these matches were like you know, stop start, stop start, stop start elimination. Here we go, yeah. here we go. And it was very like I don't believe any of these um Survivor series matches ran too much over ten minutes, but I could be wrong, but um they were sh- short yeah, this one ran
3: yeah this one ran nine minutes the first one ran about nine minutes yeah uh, not a lot of long matches on this card no um and that's that's the difference between today and it's like you get more you you might get longer matches now, but they I think they I think they probably got me more superstars on the card yep. Yeah. And you'd see today?
0: Yeah, I agree is, with which
3: that. Is good, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, I think I didn't really take too many notes on this match
0: outside of the sweater vest stuff, because that really had me, like, going. I ha- yeah, I only really took notes about Gengar's theme. That's written in all caps. So, I mean... <laughs> um,
3: um, I thought Blackman, for his short stay in the, in the, in the match,
0: uh, was pretty good.
3: I always kind of enjoyed watching Steve
0: Blackman. I liked him when he was with Al Snowy. Edgies. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great time. Um, yeah, Steve, Steve like Blackman that. was the opposite of the Attitude Era. That's why I liked him. He was. I, he I was no. Yeah, he was just a. I'm gonna kick your ass, and that's basically it. It wasn't a lot of talking. There wasn't. It's was very serious in a time where it was. There, I talk about wrestling being over the top all the time, but the Attitude Era is over the top. Like that is the extra epitome of pro wrestling.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I just, I, I enjoy Blackman's arsenal of kicks and strikes. He didn't really get to do too much in this match. He did eliminate Pete Gass, uh, <laughs> whichever one that was. <laughs> but, uh, at the, at the end of the day, you had the, the cobbled together, really weird team of Venus, Henry, Gangrel, and Steve Blackman. They picked up the win over the uh, over the Bulldog and the Mean Street Posse. Bulldog looked pretty good. He got he got yeah. two eliminations.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I did notice that it seemed to be a thing that JR mentioned a couple of times. He kept mentioning the Bulldog must hate Survivor Series because a couple of years ago with the Montreal Screwjob, it's like, Oh, man they must really ride that to the to the death of that one hey
3: yeah actually that makes that has me wanting to bring up something I was gonna bring this up later but it comes up but you know it works here too we talk a lot about how the commentary today with graves and Renee could be distracting and take away from the stuff the matches um I I thought there were plenty of instances especially after the whole car the cool car angle yep yeah. Where Jr. and uh, King would just talk over the match, talk over the match, not just be so annoying, bickering with each other. And I just thought I just wanted to point that out because they're revered as the top duo, probably of all time in wrestling commentary. And I, I get that, and I agree with it, but they really didn't have the best showing for me here. T- in no, this- I
0: agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent because people are always you know complaining when Renee and Corey and um, Cole or whoever it is, they bicker or something like this. I've noticed it more in, in those two than I did with Renee and that. The commentary now, I mean, I'm actually... I like the trio that they have on Raw. I like the trio that they have on SmackDown. I'm honestly a fan for the most part of the commentary. There is instances where it, it pees me off, but I'm the type of person that... um. As long as you know for the... Michael Cole, for the most part, is always paying attention to the match. There is a little bit of bickering that happens between Renee and Corey, but I don't think that's really happened in the last month or two. I think it's toned down way. And people are always quick to judge the commentary now and saying oh, they're always talking about something else. But I noticed it more in this show than I did in the current product. And, I, I mean, I'm... I I, I I mean, I did anyway, but... Like you said, Jr. and King are you know um, universally known as the best duo on commentary. While I don't agree with that because I think it's Jim Ross and Paul Heyman. Um, I, uh, I yeah, I noticed it more that there was more distraction from Jr. and King in this show, especially like you said after the car angle, than there was in maybe a current day product.
3: Yeah, I felt like there was. De- I feel like commentary today gets a bad rap because it's not jr and king yep um i've always been someone where if the co- if the i don't usually pay too much attention to commentary unless it's distracting and i really don't have too much to say about the current duos the current trios rather because they don't really i don't really notice them and that's not the worst thing in the world no. i think cole i think cole has some good calls every now and again i thought his call at wrestlemania 30 was brilliant. So did I. Cole gets uh, a bad I, rap. Yeah. Cole, oh, Cole gets a really bad rap. It's because they turned him heel in 2011. And I just, loved just,
0: that. I actually loved Cole when he was like that. A lot of people did.
3: He was so frustratingly annoying yep. that I had no choice but to respect it.
0: Yeah, he just had the coal mine and everything. Cole's great. Uh, um, uh, here's a little bit of a side note. So you talk about not paying attention to comment, commentary and blah, blah, blah. Um, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be involved in the wrestling business, but I'm not a very athletic person. I'm just not. So I was like, I didn't ever want to be a wrestler, but I wanted to be involved. I, as a kid, I always wanted to be two things. I wanted to be a manager for somebody. And I want, honestly, I wanted to, as a kid, I always wanted to manage Molly Holly, but that's just personal preference. Um, and I wanted to be a commentator. I wanted to do what JR did. So I always paid attention to the commentary, especially in my like early teens. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a commentator for the WWE one day. Um, obviously, that's not something that's happening and something I grew out of a little bit. But I always paid attention to the commentary. So even watching wrestling now, commentary is very much in my brain. I notice it just because I think I've wired myself to listen to it as a kid. Um, there'd be matches where I would... So as a kid, because I wanted to do this, I would have, you know, those old box TVs that weren't all that big. Um, yeah. I would put paper over the screen so I couldn't see it. And I'd just have the sound on and listen to the commentary and see if I could decipher what was happening in the match just via the commentary. And I'd write down notes and then I'd watch the match and let's see if my notes matched up for the comment- from the commentary. It would work maybe 50% of the time depending on the main event or if it's not the main event because they'll talk about other things but I would write down pretty much not word for word but I'd write down all the key points that JR and King would say and it's a really weird experience to watch wrestling without the visual and just see if you can get it from the commentary and that to me is the sense of a good is the sense of a good commentary team is not watching and just listening if you can do that and get a sense of the match from it they're doing their job um, I haven't done that in years. It might be something I do one day just to see if you could do it in the current product. But um, in this show, if I did that in this show, I don't think I'd find a lot about the matches post the car angle.
3: Yeah, you definitely wouldn't. Um, there's yeah the one the last the last Survivor Series match in particular. We'll get to it later, but that was where I really noticed it. Yeah because that was right I was like right after the uh, the car angle and they just were and so they it
0: got annoying frankly yeah. I'll, I'll call a spade spade they were annoying yeah um well moving on from this match there is a little backstage segment before you run down the next match There are some women involved and um I knew that we we're probably going to spend some time on this just because it's 20 years later And boy, has the business changed. There was a backstage segment with Michael Cole, a very young Michael Cole, I will add, um, going into the women's locker room and trying to interview some of the women. Um, We had like Ivory and Jacqueline, Terry Runnels was there, Luna. Um, And it was basically just, let's put Michael Cole's face into these women's chests for two minutes on television. Um, Am I wrong in saying that? (laughs) No, you're not. It It was very uncomfortable
3: it was pretty awkward uh cole did a good job of being like really just really out of his element there like he he was like he he was fine it was fine to listen to him like squirm about while the women were coming up to him and they uh he was rubbing some woman's stomach (laughs) and it was
0: odd it was odd um yeah man the business has changed um Before we get into that match, we do need to take a quick little note from uh, our beautiful people at the Pulse Podcast Network. So me and Kevin will be
1: back in just a flash. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college educated. But most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at PulsePodcastNetwork.com. I'll say it one more time. Marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com, and we hope to hear from you soon. Are you looking for wrestling content and exclusive interviews from
3: the likes of Impact Pro Wrestlers, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and British Wrestling? Are you in the market for a five minute recap of all the day's events? then subscribe now to Wilford Watches Podcast, available on all pod platforms
1: and on Twitter at Wilford Watches. Now, back to
0: the show. So, Kevin, as we were saying, the business has changed. It's pretty obvious, especially in regards... Yeah. I think the... Um, apart from everything else, that's... I mean, it's probably just me being a women's wrestling fan... But I know this This is the biggest change. Women are not presented in this way at all anymore. Um, we go into this match, and, I mean, you run us down of what the shit is happening in this match.
3: Okay. Gladly. So, it's another uh, Survivor Series match, but this one, and I didn't pick this up at first, so this is important to notice... This is a sudden death match, sudden death Survivor Series match. So one, it's one basically one pinfall to the finish, one submission to the finish. So I didn't notice that at first. It's
0: essentially just an eight woman tag match.
3: Yes. Yeah. I didn't notice that at first, so I was really confused at the end for a minute until so I went back and listened to it again. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, eight man, eight woman tag match. On one side, you've got May Young, the Fabulous Moolah, Tori, and Deborah versus Jacqueline, Luna, Carrie Reynolds and Ivory, the WWF Women's Champion. Um jeez, I I took a couple notes here. None of them really re- <laughs> none of them really pertain to the match. But uh, yeah, uh, I noticed nice. that like half of the women had like almost the same exact theme song. The fans were chanting for Poppies. The match went like literally less literally less than 2 minutes.
0: It was an awkward finish. It was it was an awkward match. Obviously, you have May and Muller in there. It's going to be a little different. Um, listen, I mean, I'm not going to... As a, as a kid, as a young one, with an older brother who is seven years older than me, obviously, he was a teenager watching this kind of stuff, so he was very much into puppies. Um, so, as a, a strong influence on me, as a six- and seven-year-old kid... I would scream for Deborah's puppies. It's just what I did. King t- <laughs> King told me to do it. I, I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what they were really referring to at that stage. Obviously, I know what Deborah's puppies are now. Um, and I'm still a male. I'm, I'm not blind. But I mean... It was a, It was just such. A, I'm so enamored with the now product and watching the women put on thirty, forty minute classics. That a two minute match where predominantly we're talking about puppies and um, the the emphasis is definitely not on the in ring work. The emphasis is on the puppies and the sex appeal of these ladies. And while apart from May and Moolah, I'm, I'm no. Uh, they all had sex appeal. Um, and it was definitely very much the emphasis. Um, I mean, I still... For what it was, you have to get into a mindset of the Attitude Era and just watch things what it was. I mean, the match was short, the finish was awkward, but, I mean, I, I hate saying this, but it was still kind of somewhat entertaining for what it was. It was a train wreck, and it was just a bit of a mess, but sometimes I like watching that. And, you know, you got to see Deborah's puppies, so, you know, Woo!
3: Yeah, we got to see Deborah's puppies. Woo <laughs> I mean Yeah, I don't I just wasn't I wasn't feeling that sort of sentiment about this. Uh I can't believe I mean I, I guess I could believe it. I actually don't know why I was surprised by it. But when Moolah pinned Ivory, like I don't wanna spec I don't know how old Mula was at this time. I didn't check. But I'm figuring like at least sixty. Yeah. And she in she pinned the Women's Champion. And I actually did look up some backstory on this because I was like, why is Mula just pinning the WWF Women's Champion? And she had been champion
0: herself, like, the month before. Yep. It was an episode of SmackDown where she won it, I believe. Um, yeah. I remember it. What like What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, uh, you know, the thing I noticed most about this match is that so when the match ended, I believe it was from like a double clothesline or something. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then Deborah or Tori proceeded to try to take off Terry Runnels' shirt. Then there was an awkward w- minute where they were kind of just all walking out. And then Muller held up the women's title. And I'm like, wait, was this match for the women's title? Because I wasn't clear if it was. But then Ivory come in and they started awkwardly brawling and mula just kind of laid on ivory's face and i don't mean that in a sexual way she just kind of sat down like laid down on her face and it was really awkward um it was just that whole match and segment was just one hell of a train wreck
3: <laughs> yeah
0: it's and not- yeah, yeah. It
3: just uh, just a showcase of how far women's wrestling has come since then that, you know, the last time we had a women's match under two minutes, God knows when it was, uh, it, it probably had a purpose if it was that short, yeah. but this was the norm back then, and as, when you look at it like that, you're right, it wasn't like the worst, because that, that's how it was back then for
0: women. Yeah, and in my sense, it was just what, I mean, watching it back then, it was the norm, it was what was expected, and I guess In the looking at it as a business, it served its purpose. That's what they were there for. The key demographic was 18-year-old dudes. So 18-year-old dudes love boobies, (laughs) plain and simple. Um, So that's what they were there for. That's what they were used for. And I guess in that sense, they did their job well. They weren't there to put on wrestling classics. Uh, obviously, the business changed even a few years later with the likes of Lita and Trish main eventing Raw and um, whatever, you know, all the women's kind of wrestling, wrestling that kind of proceeded after that. But without that, we wouldn't have now in in my eyes. You have to be that to be now. It wouldn't. That's true. So, I mean, if you look at it that way, well done, ladies, you did well. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Um, Alright,
3: so next up on the docket, X-Pac versus Kane. Our first, right? Our first, no, our second singles match of the night. But the first one was clearly just a showcase for Kurt Angle. This one was more of a storyline coming to a head.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, X-Pac and Kane had tagged before, they turned now they're having this mass is sort of the blow off unfortunately it wasn't very it was four minutes wasn't very long and it I only was, four
0: minutes oh yeah. wow it felt longer is that weird I don't know <laughs> it did feel longer yeah I was a little four that minutes. wow yeah.
3: I wasn't Ter- I wasn't like terribly compelled by this match. Oh, me um, I do, th- I do think that X Pac and Kane are both like two underappreciated workers. And Kane in his
0: prime was like a lot of fun to watch. Oh, Kane was uh, great. There was a note that I had yeah. here that he had a tilt to well backbreaker in this match that looked brutal. My lordy,
3: yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, yeah, and
0: now we think about Kane as like a
3: because he's you know he's he's hung on a little too long. Oh yeah. Not in good ring shape anymore, but he still keeps coming back and doing stuff. But Kane was really, really awesome, and he was
0: jacked. That dude was huge. I noticed that. I was like, "Wow, this dude is big." I was like, his arms and that, and he's just a big dude. And I was like, "Damn, it's so we're so used to seeing Kane in the last, you know, three or four years." And like you said, he is one that is just should stop wrestling. He's just. I don't want my legacy of Kane to be. I want my legacy of Kane to be remembered as that dude, like that one. Yeah. I don't I... want my one to, be, you know, the, um, crown jewel Kane. That was not a good Kane. Um, Kane hasn't um, been in good I... ring shape in, in quite some time. Um, it's probably time to think about uh, just popping in and doing a chokeslam every now and again instead of a uh, wrestling twenty thirty minute matches because. It's just not his not his shtick anymore. Um I do have to note before this match there was a backstage segment with um X Pac and one Lillian Garcia. Not much to say on it. I just noticed it and I was like, Hey, there's Lillian Garcia <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I didn't even take any notes on it, but I do remember just seeing Lillian Garcia and being like, Wow, she was here for a long time. Yeah, she was. So uh... Anyway, what else? Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else on this one. You know, DX got involved. Road Dog and Triple H came down, caused the DQ. No Billy Gunn, which was interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's because he's going to AEW. They didn't want to show him on the show. That's true.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and, uh, Kane's, Kane's girlfriend, Tori, comes down and eats a spinning heel kick from X-Pac. And that was just sort of that. Yeah, you could see X-Pac felt bad. Uh, there wasn't much to this. I just... One thing I noted was that, like, do you think Kane at this point in in his life, 1999, just beating down everybody, do you think he realized that one day he'd be the mayor
0: of a small town in Tennessee? Well, duh. Starting fires, I mean, you would know that you're going to be the mayor of Tennessee one day. (laughs) I do have to note the commentary on this match because when Tory came down... They didn't note her as here comes Tori. JR said, and I quote, here comes the sexually frustrated Tori. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but apparently, <laughs> oh, apparently they were sexually frustrated as a couple. Um, I know where this story goes. I don't know if you know, but um, no. it. spoiler alert for anyone who's watching 1999-2000 WWE at the moment, or WWF, um, click away, put this bit on mute. Um, Tori ends up actually turning on Kane and aligns with X-Pac. I believe it goes into the WrestleMania, the next, uh, WrestleMania 2000. Um, yeah, she ends up turning on Kane. So oh, that sad. kick, that spinning heel kick was the kiss of love, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get knocked so silly, you fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much else to say on that one after the sexually no, frustrated but... Tori come out.
3: Yeah. I think that's I think that's the best place to leave it. The <laughs> sexual situation. So before we get before we uh, we get to the next match, there was a there was a backstage segment again. I took I actually noted this one this time. You uh, yeah, Triple H and The Rock in a bit of a backstage brawl. Not so much to say on it. I, I I thought I thought it was a good job building to the title match. You don't usually see title contenders and title competitors brawl beforehand. You don't see that really much anymore, so I like that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I I did write... Um, some. The only thing I re- wrote down for this backstage segment was that DX is all over this damn show. They are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they're in a lot of segments in a lot of places.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're literally just in the match prior. And they come out here. And they're going to come out again later. Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't have much to say, but I thought it was a good segment. Nothing, you know, nothing too meaty. Yeah, so no. we'll move on to our next match. Another uh, sort of a Survivor Series match. I mean, it was technically wasn't your wasn't your average wasn't your standard four on four fair though. We got Prince Albert, Midian, Viscera, and the Big Boss Man taking on the Big Show, who had partners in Kai and Tai, and I don't even remember who the other guy was supposed to be. But he beat them up on Heat, I believe it was. Yep. And so there you, have to that, there you go. Storylines being furthered on Heat. There you go. But uh, Big Show decided he didn't want partners. He wanted to do this alone. Now, this is the, the backstory story with this one, I do know, <laughs> and this is this is freaking big boss man dragon big shows father's casket all over a cemetery tied to the back of a cop car ugly ugly stuff honestly
0: <laughs> i liked this storyline for what it was <laughs> i mean it's horrible stuff i'm not it's i'm not stupid it's, like, it's- yeah, horrible, but it was for what it was. In that time, we really surprised that, time, that they were going there. Was...
3: Kind of, kind of sad to say, but it was pretty humorous. Yeah, but, you know, Big Show decided as a result didn't want partners, want to take on the whole team himself, and that he did. He eliminated Midian. Albert and Big Vist in pretty short order and didn't get to eliminate the boss man because the boss man ran away.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, the The match was, like, outrageously short. Um, yeah. There's not really much to say is that the only thing that I had written down is, man, Viscera is a large man. That he is. He is.
3: Huge. I just. I wrote down that big. I wrote down that big show looked really good. Um, he looked. He was in great shape. He can move really, really well. Um, and the other. And the other thing. This is like a side. This is like a side note. Uh, when I was growing up, before I watched wrestling, because I, when I was like four or five, I didn't watch it, but I did have the action figures. And I had like the entire Attitude era. So I had Stone Cold, Kane, Undertaker, The Rock, Triple H. But by God, the champion every time I got I broke them out and, and uh started wrestling with him was Big Boss man. He was my favorite.
0: Big Boss Man was man, his song I love I think themes in the Attitude era are a bit underrated in some sense. Yeah. That song was dope. That song was so good.
3: Yeah, no, it definitely was, and you're. I think you're right. I think the themes today aren't as aren't as inspired
0: as the ones from like the '90s, yeah, the Jim Johnston era. Yeah, he's 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 the man to me. He just does so much great work. He's had so many great songs that aren't just a 30 second loop of the same thing. It's not just shitting yeah. on songs today. The 30 second loop of everything. I mean, for what it is, they're good tunes. It's just. They don't have any emphasis. They don't have any like oomph, any um, sizzle on them. I guess is no, the, is the right way to look at not
3: it anymore, man.
0: It's really not. Um, uh, Wrestling Reverb breaking news. Uh, Kevin, just briefly, as we're in the middle of I know we're in the middle of Reverb Rewind, but why we're here? Roman Reigns is returning to Roar on Monday. Holy
3: shit! No way
0: is breaking. Roman Reigns returns to Raw this Monday night with an update on his battle with leukemia.
3: Wow. Okay. that's That's gotta be good news, because if he obviously if he wasn't doing so well, they wouldn't have him on the show. So you can only assume that that Roman's fighting his leukemia. He's fighting leukemia. He's doing a good job. He's winning the battle. I gotta assume that. And, man, Rod, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to be, like, a permanent return. It Just based by the way that was described as an update on his battle. Doesn't seem like he's going to be back full-time yet. But, man, Raw needs Roman Reigns. And I don't think any of us really realized it until he was gone.
0: It does. Um, sorry, everyone, to break into our debut edition of Reverb Rewind here. But, kind of big news. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. I'm sure we'll um, address that. On our episode next week before Raw, we can dive deep into Roman Reigns' um, update and stuff like that. But, uh, Kev, anyway, what's next on this show for Survivor Series 99? Well, we have another backstage segment. Now,
3: Triple H is sprawling with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They, they, they make their way out into the parking lot where Austin is run over by a car my note for that just says in all caps, Austin got run over by a car. This is that show <laughs> because I wasn't, I was not a hundred percent certain that I had the timeline, right?
0: That confirmed it for me. Yeah. So well, Cold- yeah. I mean, this is the show I got told by my brother. He was at work with me and I was like, Oh, did you see what one reverb? Rewind? Cause he kind of tunes into these episodes and stuff like that. And he loves the old stuff. Um, he said, yeah, I voted for Survivor Series 99, that one. I was like, cool. And he's like, you know what show that is, don't you? And I was like, no, don't tell me, don't tell me. And he goes, I did it for The Rock. And I went, oh my God, it's the show that starts all of that. I'm like, he, he run him over with a car. I'm like, here we go. But yes, that is this show. Um, man, it's uh, a bit of an iconic image that we've seen 20 years later. We still talk about Austin getting hit with a car. Yeah, yeah. So now, you know, yeah. Everyone
3: come out to check on him. Vince and Shane, uh, Steph and Test. Even, even, uh, even uh, the DX guys were there for a little bit, and they got. They basically were told to leave the scene. Um, so now you just gotta wonder what's in, what's in store for the WWF title match later because it was supposed to be Triple H, Austin, and The Rock. Not no more Austin, right? You can't imagine he's yeah. gonna get back up and walk after getting hit by a car. So we'll see what happens later. Move yeah. on to our next match. We got Chris Jericho taking on China for China's Intercontinental Championship. I love this match.
0: So do I. I love this program. Um. Okay. I've. I think I stated on the last episode this week that. Um. China was never the greatest ring in-ring worker ever. It was never her th- her shtick. Her thing was that she was powerful. She was a woman breaking barriers and winning the Intercontinental Championship and having a big, you know, rivalries with, you know, what became, you know, one of the top stars in the business, Chris Jericho. Um, so this match was. The first thing I noted about this match was Jericho is over and i believe in this yeah. um rivalry he was the booked as the heel he was beating up a woman and and whatever it may be but man. certainly he certainly had a lot of heelish characteristics during the match oh yeah and did this crowd love chris jericho and not like china very much they didn't really seem to be too fond of china getting in offense and um Jericho was, every time he hit a clothesline or a punch or a drop, whatever it is, he's getting cheered heavily. Um, Man, this match got a lot of time as well, which isn't a bad thing. I I thought the match was a little slow at the start, but it built really nicely. Yeah. I
3: thought there was a lot of of great uh, near-falls, false finishes, Jericho kicking out of that first pedigree. China being able to power out of the walls of Jericho gets to the ropes. I thought both of those times, I thought the match was over. Uh, yeah. I actually wrote down crowd dynamic is interesting here, just because they were flip flop from what they were supposed to really be, and that's something we talk we, we see nowadays, but I, it's not it's not something that's talked about going back to
0: 1999. Yeah, no, um, it was just oh. I just probably out of everything on this show, I enjoyed this match the most for what it was. I didn't think Me it was, the, I didn't, I didn't think it was like the greatest pure wrestling that I've ever seen. There was a lot of the, the, the finish I thought was a little ugly. I'm not going to lie to you. It was executed yeah. a little rough, but I, for like, what it I was, like the idea The execution was a little sloppy. Yeah. She China went for a pedigree off the top rope and it just looked a little awkward. She landed on her feet and stuff like that, but it still did its purpose. Like you said, there was a lot of near falls in this match, um, a lot of cool little spots, but I mean, just the crowd really wanted Chris Jericho to win. We had Hurricane Rana's turned into Walls of Jericho's. It just shows that, like I stated before, this isn't like shitting on China. I liked China, but she wasn't the greatest worker. It just showed that Jericho could really elevate someone who maybe wasn't the best in the ring and make them look like a star because he made China look like a million yeah. bucks.
3: I yeah. think you're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, excuse me. Yeah, this, it was, was a good match. It was, it was my personal favorite match of the night. Yep. Um, I thought maybe, uh, there were, there were more fun spots on the card, but I, as, as far as wrestling goes, entering work, I thought this was my favorite match.
0: Yeah. And I've got a few little spots noted down. I actually have a lot of notes for this match. Um, There was a low blow spot that Chris Jericho did to China, and she was like, "What the shit are you doing?" And he just kind of looked at her, and I found it so funny. (laughs) That was a good
3: spot. There, yeah, there, there are a ton. Like Chris Jericho's drop kicks off the top are so crisp. Oh yeah, I love those. Uh, Yeah, he was he was doing really. for as much as the crowd was cheering him, he was doing his best to get. Oh yeah, he was. He was really really trying. You could hear him, you could hear him audibly calling China a bitch. Yeah. Like, he was, he was doing his job. The crowd yeah. didn't respond that way,
0: but, uh, it didn't, it didn't really, like, bother the match for me. No, I, I really enjoyed the match, the, um, it, to, to be honest with you, that was the only time in the night that I, it was like now, as in the sense of the heel was getting heavily cheered and the face was getting heavily booed. That is a very now situation. Like a lot of the times the heels are getting cheered. Faces are getting booed, um, in a lot of situations that I didn't really notice at all in the show, except for this match. Um, but I believe if I'm wrong, I don't know if I am, but again, spoiler alert, if you're following along of 99, um, you know, 20 years later, um, I believe Jericho wins the championship from China on an episode of SmackDown not too long after this. And not long after that, Jericho actually turns face. So, I mean, this obviously led into a Jericho face turn, if I'm right. Yeah. Um, and you could kind of sense it with the crowd. There was really no keeping Jericho as a heel.
3: No, no. Yeah, you have someone that over, and if the crowds want to cheer that badly... You're doing you're doing him a disservice, and you're doing yourself a disservice by keeping him a bad guy. Yeah, you're gonna get, you're, you're gonna make more money off him if the fans cheer for
0: him. If the fans w- want to cheer for him. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you completely. Um, but overall, like you said, I agree with you. My favorite match of the whole night.
3: Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we agree because that it was just great, great wrestling. It was a great wrestling match. China, China for her, you know, for her flaws. Uh, in the ring. Works pretty well here, I thought.
0: Yeah. No. He, uh, they had a good match. They obviously had somewhat of a chemistry in the ring. I believe at this stage they were feuding for a little while, so they probably wrestled each other a handful of times. Um, so that probably helped as well, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. I took it for what it was, and it was a really fun match with a lot of fun spots.
3: Alrighty. They They were moving right along on this Reverb Rewind train, Next up, the uh, the last traditional Survivor Series match of the night. The team of Hardcore Holly, Crash Holly, and Too Cool, Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexy, versus Edge, Christian, and the Hardy Boys. This one was fun.
0: Yeah, this one was fun, but this is the match I noticed JR was really preoccupied with the Stone Cold stuff on. I yeah, don't know,
3: uh, like this one... A lot of times, I really couldn't pay attention to this match. There was a yeah. lot of good
0: spots. There were a lot of great spots. Yeah, there was. There was a lot of great spots. Um, <sighs>
3: just, yeah, when your attention is on, when your attention's on commentary and commentary's attention is clearly elsewhere, that's going to take away from the match.
0: Yeah, and honestly, out of all of these Survivor Series matches, this one was. Well, I don't know if this one was the best, but it was fun for what it was. Um, Like we stated before with Survivor Series matches, they're a little bit limited. They're a little bit... um, I just think they're a little bit constricted with what you can do when you have so many on the card. You have to try and um, be different to the three previous at this stage. So it was hard, but I was talking before about how I used to put paper over the screen and just listen. If I was to do that in this match, I don't think I'd pick up a lot of what happened in the match, to be honest with you.
3: No. No, you might, you might get, like, you'd probably just get the pinfalls. Even when Grandmaster Sexy got pinned, uh, it took Lawler, like, three minutes to realize it. So yep. even that, even you might not even know who
0: got pinned, honestly. Yeah, no, I That's agree with not- you. Um And even in JR's calls, there was no, like, emphasis behind the calls. There wasn't a lot of urgency in JR's voice, which is weird for JR. I understand he's got a role to play and he has to, you know, really um, ham up this Stone Cold story. But, like, I think there's some ways, there's other ways you can do it. Um, I understand there's a relationship between Stone Cold and, and JR. But, I mean, it's pros and cons. It helps the story. It also hurts a lot of the matches. But, I mean, it's not like a deal breaker for me. I still watch the match for what it was. I didn't really have a lot of notes on this one. I just didn't. The start of the match and the middle of the match I liked, but it got a little bit weird at the end. I just thought there was a lot happening. And then it was just like, oh, it was down to Christian and and whoever it was with him. Um, it was just, there was a lot going on. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I
3: definitely, like that. There was a lot of hot shot eliminations at the end of the match, uh, which is not something I like typically. Me either. I think it to be more drawn out. Um, but I guess just because you know there were the other Survivor Series tag matches didn't really have that, so I guess they had to suit this. I guess they had to sweep in like a match like this somewhere where they just eliminated a lot of people at the same time. Also, probably for time constraints. Like this yeah. match was. This match went pretty. Long, so I think it went a little longer than the inter. Yeah, it went a little longer than the Intercontinental title match. I don't know if that was by design,
0: really. But wow, yeah, wow. I didn't notice that. I thought the Intercontinental Championship match was one of the longer matches of the night. But there you go. It maybe it just felt longer because it was one on one. But um, Survivor Series matches, like you said, with these with this group of guys, especially in the you know the tag division, this was on the. Um, kind of cusp of the tag division really breaking out and becoming um you know match of the night on a very consistent bases and you know the kind of the group of guys to watch um and you can tell that these guys were trying really really dang hard but they were like in sandwiched in between a lot of different matches um there was a lot going on at this this point of the show and i think it was honestly placement of the um placement of this match i honestly thought this match should have opened the show
3: it would have been a better opener than the opener we had yeah definitely uh what else do i have written down here uh, i just noted a couple spots i liked uh jeff hardy pinning scotty Tuhati Hardy off a 450 splash which we just don't see from him today yeah this makes sense
0: Obviously. and then the-
3: the uh, the drop kick that uh, Hardcore Holly hit on hit on Jeff to uh, get the pin was pretty nice, but other than that, I didn't really. Yeah, it was hard to pick out too many thing, too many different things here, just because of the commentary being distracting. Yeah. So we'll just move on. Uh, by the way, Chris, uh, Hardcore Holly wins the match for his team. He pins Christian with a roll up. There you go. That's that's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, Next up, we have for the WWF Tag Team Championships, the New Age Outlaws versus Mankind and Al Snow. Uh, The first thing I noticed right off the bat here was that Billy Gunn didn't have his title. Didn't he? Road Dogg had had a belt. Billy Gunn did not have a belt. Oh. Wow. I'm almost... I am certain. I remember noticing that right away. Like, where's... Cause I was like, oh, maybe the other guys are the tag champs, and uh, this is just like a. I, and it was maybe that Road Dog had another title, but there were no more titles to have because they had all come out yet already. So, and I I got a close up on the belt, and it was a tag belt, but Billy Gunn didn't have one.
0: Wow, I honestly didn't even t- pay attention to that. Wow, damn. Yeah. I wonder why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that they're. I actually
3: think that maybe because. Uh, he was noticeably absent when during like the first the first DX running during the X Pac match, and then backstage, yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah. So I think they were trying to paint it as like maybe Billy Gunn was the one driving the car, but I don't know if anyone bought into that. Like I didn't. I, I didn't really that crossed my mind, but I was not like uh well. I
0: also had the advantage of knowing who was behind the car. So yeah, me too. Um, so. Out of all the matches of the night, I really didn't enjoy this match. <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, no, me either. This is probably I thought this was weak. It was slow. This match was so slow. And as you, as everyone knows, tag team wrestling isn't my isn't my shtick. But when it's good, sign me up. I love a good tag match. But at this point, I had seen five tag matches, six tag matches. I was pretty yeah. tagged out by this stage, um, and. To entertain someone in a tag match at this stage, I would need something pretty damn great, and this wasn't.
3: Yeah, this was. I thought this match could have been a like a good couple minutes shorter. I thought it dragged a long way. Um, I, I honestly took like no notes on this match. Other than that. I wrote down this should this is boring. Yeah, and uh, we, the We Want head chants are always classic. Yeah. Oh, the but I really. Era, huh? I, it just wasn't a great match. Uh, wasn't wasn't good for the spot it was in, like a semi-main event almost. It's, there, there are other matches that could have gone here. But yeah. I thought the IC title would have been would have been a better
0: fit here. It was just a just an average match. New Age Outlaws went over. Um, I yeah. honestly cannot tell you the finish. I know it uh, went over, but I don't know how. <laughs> Uh, yeah.
3: Damn. Um, I didn't even write I it down. <laughs> I don't remember. I just wrote, I
0: wrote down outlaws win. That's, yep. down. That's what I wrote too. I wrote outlaws win in an average match. <laughs> it w- was what it was. Um, you know, we were gearing up for the main event at this stage. I could imagine watching this show. I probably would have been the same amount of interest into it. Um, we're going into our tenth match, so I mean people talk about having a lot of matches on a card nowadays, and um this was in a this show ran just over two and a half hours, so ten matches in just over two and a half hours is a lot of matches to watch but um before we move into the main event, we kind of had a little brief chat before we started recording, and me and kev both agreed that uh WWE pay-per-views are structured so differently 20 years ago than they are today. It is There's not a lot of promo packages. Well, there was it was actually scarce. I believe there was only one or two, wasn't there? Um, there wasn't a lot of promo packages. It was a couple of backstage segments. But other than that, it was pretty much just wrestling.
3: Yeah. And the backstage segments were all short, too. Um, pretty short. Relatively. I think the longest one was was uh, when they were in the office backstage and Triple H and uh, the Road Dog came in to plead their case. So they didn't do it. I think that that was the longest backstage segment, and that wasn't very long. This was definitely a more rest, like more match-intensive show.
0: Yeah.
3: Which isn't the worst thing. I oh, mean, no. this is a wrestling show. Yeah, of course. But, but
0: it was, uh, Yeah, it's just structured so differently.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you watch pay-per-view today. You watch, you know, watch Fastlane next month or 2 weeks from now, whatever the heck it is. And then watch a, a show from like 1998, 99. It's so completely different.
0: Yeah, it is just a yeah, day and night different, really. Um I don't know if I prefer one or the other. It's just different, and they're both good in their own ways, bad in their own was- ways.
3: I'll say this, if the WWE's uh, promo packages today weren't so damn good, I'd probably rather the old the old style show yeah. where it's just match after match after match, but God, those promo packages are so good.
0: WWE are really good at producing that content, it's something that you can't take away from them. Yeah, they make a lot of promo packages, but damn, they are real freaking good, especially going into WrestleMania season and that. I get just excited for the hype video as I do for the thing. Yeah. The actual match.
3: (laughs) They're always amazing. Always amazing. All right. So I guess it's main event time. Drum roll, drum roll. Damn. So for the WWF championship, we've got The Rock. We've got Triple H, WWF champion. But who's going to fill in Stone Cold's spot? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Well, well, it's the big show.
0: Pulling double duty. It's the big show. Um, I mean, it's big
3: show. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I I was a fan of it. I I like Big Show. I definitely liked him back then because he was so he's just in good shape and he's such a good worker. Uh. Must have been a. I wonder if it was. I must have been a surprise. Yeah. To the the crowd because he had already worked a match that night. Uh, obviously, we had the gift of foresight, so we knew what was going to happen. Or yeah. Hindsight, foresight, whatever the heck it is, but
0: I thought this match was a lot of fun. If maybe overbooked. Yeah, that's what I had written down. I said it was a really fun match that was just there was too much going on. Yeah, especially like, down the stretch, it got a little out of control. The ending was yeah, fine. Th- I didn't mind the actual finish. There was just all that led up to it was just a lot. But um, for what it was, I en- I enjoyed the match. Yeah, I did. Um, I noted that the crowd was firmly in The Rock's favor. Oh, yeah. They loved The Rock can't blame him he's pretty cool yeah Rock's pretty but cool. uh
3: there's uh what i liked about it is that there wasn't a lot of downtime there was a lot of interchangeable action and you know as soon as one guy goes down then that the other guy comes in steps up i mean they alternated in between downtime and match time
0: really well yeah no i agree they um there was a lot of do you know what Okay, maybe not so much now, but I, I I've noticed it back then. It was definitely a a then thing. Triple threat matches are booked so differently then and now. Oh yeah, a triple threat match back in the day. I you can you can argue this all you want because you might see it still as the same thing or the opposite or whatever. But I think a triple threat match back in the day was very much a rotating one on one match. You would have two people in the ring fighting, one person would be selling on the outside. Then that person would come in and the other person would sell on the outside. Now, to a sense, yes, you're probably thinking, well, that's just a triple threat match now. But I think there's more three-man spots in a match in this day and age than there is there. But that might be just because the in-ring quality now is just better than it was yeah, back I think then.
3: I, I think that's the reason, really, is there are more guys capable of doing, like, big three-man spots nowadays than there were back then. Yeah. So you got just basically, yeah, it was basically a singles match with someone selling on the outside. They rotated. I don't, I don't hate that. Neither as long I. as it's going on, I, I'm fine. I, like I just it. don't want to see spots where, like, all three of them are lying down and we're waiting for somebody. I hate, I hate that sort of thing.
0: You know, I agree with you completely. Um, it's just... It's just different, and sometimes I like that style of three-man matches. Sometimes I like the style of now. It's just what I'm kind of feeling at the day. But for this match, especially when there's a big man involved, it worked pretty dang well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I,
3: I thought that it was worked pretty well. A um, couple good spots. Uh- Triple H, Triple H going through a table by being punched was fun.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I, I like that.
3: What, uh, oh, uh, the, the the double suplex that put Big Show through the table was cool. Yeah. The desk? Yeah, that was cool. And then mainly the most the notes I had were more towards the end of the match, where you know Earl Hebner gets closed line, then Shane McMahon comes in to be the guest ref, gets pedigreed. Out comes DX. Out comes Vince McMahon. Drills Triple H with the belt. And then counts the pin for Big Show. It was just a lot.
0: Yeah, that's... You put it best there. It was a lot. It was just a lot going on. Um, I liked it. But... It, yeah. It was fun. I just leave it at that. It was fun. That had a lot going on.
3: Yeah. I don't think it like it was it was fun, like I, I feel like if in a vacuum it was fun. I feel like if I were watching like every show in nineteen ninety nine and
0: the McMahon's kept interfering with everything, that would make me mad. But for one night it sign, was pretty cool. Sign me up. I'm I'm fine with it to be honest. Sign yeah. me up for that.
3: Yeah, especially, you know and it was a good it was a good feel good moment for big show. Yeah. You know. Buried his father a couple of days ago.
0: Wins the wins the WWF title. What a wild week for him! Yeah, big show's had quite a week. Yeah, ups <laughs> and downs, um, or downs and ups in this stage. But um, I mean, it was a good main event. What did you think of the show overall? I thought overall the show was okay. I, I, I thought there were the only like
3: real dud for me because like I have an expectation of Survivor Series traditional style matches so none of them really like fell short for me because I didn't expect a whole heck of a lot. The only things that fell short for me in this one were uh, The Outlaws versus Mankind and Owl Snow and the, D- and the Divas slash Women's match.
0: Yeah. Overall, though, pretty good show. Um, I had yeah. fun with it, especially watching it, it now. It's just... Um, yeah, it, it's just watching it now and not completely knowing what's kind of happening... It's kind of almost better because and especially in watching it now as the fan I am i'm a very different fan than I was back then, even though i was I was only young watching back then, but I mean um just a very different outlook on wrestling, but it's just kind of nice to watch wrestling without any of the b s that's going on around it like i don't have to worry yeah. about that, I can just watch it for what it is i don't have to worry it it was fun um Overall, I had a good time watching this show.
3: Couldn't agree more. I had a, it was fun. There are a lot of fun spots, a lot of fun segments. It was fun. That and I think that's like something that, like you said before, to bring a sort of full circle. That's something that sometimes gets lost today. Is the fun? This is supposed to be fun.
0: Yeah, we're watching a television show. We should just enjoy it for whatever is on our screen. And that's the beauty of this series is that we can just watch it for what ever is on our screen um yeah before we um head into our last little segment of the show we're going to hear one more little ad from our from a good friend of mine so please just take a minute to listen to this and me and kevin will be back in just a flash
1: welcome to your on Cameras podcast where i discuss all things wwe available on apple podcast Part of and Spotify. The blog is available on wrestlingoncaren.blogspot.com.
3: What's up, guys? Listen up! It's your boy Malik, aka Narcolepsy Boy ninety four, and I'm here to tell you: if you're a true wrestling fan and you love listening to wrestling podcasts, and you're looking for a brand new podcast to listen to, I have the perfect podcast for you: my podcast Twenty. 24-7 wrestling podcast, yes, 24-7 wrestling podcast, I talk about everything pro wrestling from New Japan to WWE to NXT to All Elite Wrestling to Ring of Honor, I talk about everything, I do reviews on on shows, I do predictions, I do top tens, I have guests, I do it, all, oh, man, check out my podcast, the 24-7 wrestling podcast, you can go find it at uh, anchor.fm slash Boy 94
0: that's Anchor. Dot fm slash narcolepsy boy 94 make sure you guys go check it out i appreciate it kevin we did it the first episode of reverb rewind is in the books how did you like that experience
3: that was this, this is a good show this is like this was good if i may toot my own horn and i may toot your horn as well this was a this, we did a guy this is a this is a damn good show this is a lot of fun to do a lot of fun to get to go back and watch an old show compared to now you know talk about the matches, talk about the differences between then and now. I think it's I think it's a unique experience and like a unique, I think we we have a unique viewpoint on this. Yeah. And I think it's
0: only going to get stronger as we go. Yeah, I agree. We're very much new to this kind of stuff. Obviously we've done recaps before. Our very first show we ever did together was a Royal Rumble recap. So, I mean, we're obviously, it was, it was, uh, memories from a month ago. Um, uh, (laughs) um, it was just a fun. I just really enjoyed this. I cannot wait to do another one. I'm going to be uploading the poll probably today because we're probably going to do one not next week, but the week after. Um, so again, Kev, please vote away. You have the opportunity um, that I do not. I do not get to vote in these polls, but my man Kevin over here does. So um, the I fortune, get to vote twice, too. Th- those, those, <laughs> those choices, man. His choices. You are gonna. I can't wait
3: to see him. You've done such a good job selling them. Oh man, you he, he are really some
0: suspense in me. Oh I'm, man, I'm, you, I'm were... you, were you are gonna love him. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I want to talk to you about one thing before we we head out for this episode. Um, oh. you've probably heard about a little movie called Fighting with My Family. It's only been promoted for however long. Of course, if yeah, anyone, a little, a little flick. <laughs> um. For anyone that hasn't watched uh, WWE or just seen ads in general or YouTube trailers or whatever, fighting with my family is a film based on um, WWE superstar Paige's um, her come up into the WWE her her family life. Um, what I wanted to have, why I'm bringing this up, Kevin, is that did you have you've obviously heard about the documentary that? was released years and years ago on Page's Family. Did you ever watch it? And I, I never had the chance to watch it. I don't know if it
3: I don't know if it's ever aired uh stateside. You can find but... it on
0: YouTube. I know that if you ever were okay. keen on watching it. Um I can't think of even the name of it now, but um it's good. It's a good it's a good documentary. However, it's not the not the point I'm bringing up here the, what I wanted to ask you about, we haven't even I don't think we've ever talked about this, it's just never something that's come up. I don't know about you, but I find this a pretty big deal that a movie essentially based on WWE, in a weird sense, is in a in is in is in a movie going in theaters around the world. It's not something that's usually it's not something that's ever been a thing. Um Do you think this is a bigger deal than what we're kind of making it out to be? Yeah, I think it's a huge deal.
3: Like, you're you're right. We don't get these wide-release films about WWE. (laughs) When's the last time we really had a wide-release film about WWE? Um, We really haven't. The last really great wrestling film was The Wrestler, which was 11 years ago. Yeah. So I think this is a really cool story. I think Paige's family story is, is is incredible. I think that it's going to be a great movie. I think it's the, the mainstream attention that's gotten has honestly blown my mind. I didn't think this was going to be something that like got wide release or debuted at Sundance last month. That's crazy. So the Sundance Film Festival, I never saw any of that for this movie when I first heard about it, but now that I'm, it's getting a lot of traction. It's getting good reviews out of the gate. From some from some of the, yeah, the movie critics. I think it's going to be a good movie. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's a huge deal for WWE. I think they're going to get
0: a lot of publicity about this. Yeah, and I've seen nothing but great things about the movie. Um, I think it's got yeah. like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's critically getting a huge buzz. Um, are you going to watch the movie? Oh, yeah. Me too. I, would be, I wouldn't I would be doing my duty as a wrestling fan if I didn't watch the movie. Do you think you're going to judge it a little bit differently than a non-wrestling fan? Probably. Me too. And that's what scares me about it, is that I'll know the details. I'll know every single detail. I've followed Paige's career. I've watched the documentary. I know her come up. So I'll follow every little detail and be like, that's not right. That's not right. But... I'm just going to try and watch it for what it is. I think it would be fun. It doesn't release in Australian cinemas until the 20th of March. So I've still got oh. a whole nother month um, until oh. I can watch it in cinemas. But um, I did not even know if I'll watch it in the cinemas. I might wait until it comes out. But um, yeah, I've still got a whole month before I even have the choice if I wanted to. Yeah, damn. That's a lot. That's a long time. Yeah, we get everything that's so late. It's so annoying. Australia here, is just out of the loop. It comes out here in a couple of days, or maybe it's out. I don't even know. I think it's today. Well, today my time. I think it's the twenty second. It's the twenty second here today. Okay, so. that
3: makes sense. That makes. Sense. And that's there you go. Friday release movie. That's a big deal. That's when yeah, they see, release. We, the
0: we get we get movies on our movies release on a Thursday, so. I don't know. We're in backwards land over here. It's just we get things late. and yeah. But um, I'm excited for the movie. That's the only reason I kind of want to bring it up because I don't know if we'll bring it up again. I'm sure when we both have seen the movie, we'll probably talk about it more. But um, I'm definitely going to watch it. It's been promoted out of its ass on WWE TV. So I feel like I have to kind of watch it at this point because I've just seen so many things about it. Um, And the final thing... I want to talk to you about is that obviously it is now official Kofi Kingston is getting a one-on-one match at Fastlane for the WWE yeah, championship. Man, I can just feel the emotion that's going to come out of me already. It doesn't even matter anything that happens before or after that match. I'm just going to watch that match for what it is and just feel pure emotion and just be so enamored and just want Kofi to win Even though I probably understand that he's not going to, it really does not matter to me in that moment. Um, Brian's a heel, Kofi's a face, I'm a kid, I'm watching wrestling, and that's what it's going to feel like.
3: Yeah, I'm going to be rooting for him with my whole heart, regardless of what I think is going to happen. I'm not even going to think about it as what I think is going to happen. I'm going to watch this as a, a, like you said, as a young kid. Yep, it's a young kid who's seen one of his, his favorite superstars get his first for his first chance at the WWE, at the WWE title for all oh, his first one on one chance
0: for the yeah. WWE title. This is crazy. You wouldn't have thought a year ago that a Daniel Bryan would be wrestling, b Daniel Bryan would be the WWE champion, and c Kofi Kingston would be in a main event spot because, I mean, the Universal title is not going to be defended at um, Fastlane. Um, I'm assuming that that Kofi and Brian would probably get the main event spot. I mean, there's only a couple. Maybe that's the only match announced for Fastlane. I don't know, but um, there's not too much we've talked about uh, this pay per view being quite irrelevant. But hey, at least they're having this match in there to you know drive it home. Oh, there's two matches announced because of the Miz match. But um, Brian and, and Kofi, deservingly probably should be the main event.
3: Yeah, i I can't see any other match being the main event. Honestly, Um yeah. it just doesn't make sense. It just it's... doesn't make sense. This is the WWE title, and this is the match people want to see. They want to see Kofi Kingston. They want to see Daniel Bryan. This is you know, this is has main event written all over it. If they if they go with something else, I would be shocked.
0: Pretty surprising though to say that. Out loud, I just heard you say Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston in the main event. It's not something we would um, think about. It's it's
3: definitely... It it feels good coming after Tom.
0: Oh, no, I I, I agree. It's nice to see fresh faces in a main event scene, especially someone like Kofi, who's worked so damn hard to get to this stage and just... I've heard nothing Mm -hmm. but great things about that human being as just a person... That it just makes me so happy, and I'm just so, I'm so excited. I'm not going to say that out loud. I was going to say I'm so excited for Fastlane, but I don't think I am as a whole. I still think it's quite a redundant pay per view that shouldn't be happening. But that's just my opinion. Um, Did a good job though. Watch. So far, yeah. Regardless, that match itself is going to be just off the scale of emotional, and I'm just excited for it. God dang, it's going to be fun. Um, Oh, it's going to be a blast. The only other thing that I wanted to mention, i just seen it on Twitter, Matt Hardy just revealed that his contract's up with WWE next week and he wants to work somewhere else. So, um... Not that that makes a huge, big difference in the wrestling world, but it's Matt. He's fine. Um... Yeah, I just seen that on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Were you, are you a Matt Hardy fan? Um, eh, it's
3: more of a Jeff Hardy fan, but uh, I I I consider myself a reasonable, like a decent Matt Hardy fan. I love the work he did outside of the WWE. Yeah. So uh, this is gonna be a good opportunity for him, I think, because like I mean, he's he's always getting up there in age, but he could still go. And I, I'm hoping that if he goes somewhere where he could maybe use more of the. Uh, more of the broken stuff without well, the WWE sort of like sent, not censoring it, but like toning it down that I think he's going to be in
0: business. Yep. Yeah. no, I get it. Um, pfft. Matt's Matt to me. I have a problem with Matt. I don't love Matt Hardy. Like you said, he done his probably best stuff outside of the WWE. Um, but Matt's cool. I have no, no issue with Matt. Um, All the best of luck to him, I guess, if he wants to go and work somewhere else, or whatever he decides to do. But yeah, um, well, we finally did it. Reverb Reverb, Rewind number one is in the books. Um, I'll release this episode, along with the poll for the next Reverb Rewind, which will, of course, as always, the poll will run for one week. Um... And we will watch and have another episode in a couple of weeks. Um, like I said, get ready for the four choices. They're hectic. Oh, I am so ready. Uh, um, anything you want to kind of close us out with here, Kevin? This was
3: a good time, guys. I hope, I think you're all going to really enjoy listening to this episode. Or I think you all will have enjoyed listening to this episode by the time you get to this point. Rather, um, this is really this is a good good amount of fun for Josh and I. So make sure you vote in the next poll because we want to we want to make sure that we're doing what you guys want us to do. We're yeah. doing this for you.
0: Yeah, we don't want to like okay. There's going to be some episodes that we do of of wrestling reverb that are purely for us. It just happens sometimes. We have to talk about what we just want to talk about, but. For the most part, we want people to let us know what they want. Stuff like this in a poll, um, if we were looking at that, I don't know if we would have picked Survivor Series 99. I don't know. We could have. But if we were just looking at those four choices, we may have went with something else. So it is nice to get fan feedback. And it's good for us because it leaves a bit of element of surprise for us of what you're going to pick. And any ideas that you guys have or anything that you think that Kevin and I um, would, you know, you'd like us to talk about or like us to do, um, I'm really, I really encourage that from people because without you guys, there isn't really wrestling reverb. So please continue to vote along, comment what you want to see on our stuff, go and like all our social medias. Um, You know where to find us by this point. Um, Keep reading this podcast five stars on iTunes. Download this podcast wherever you go. Go to the PulsePodcastNetwork.com forward slash shop. You can buy Wrestling Reverb merch. Um, If you use the code Ah, FANREWARD, um, all lowercase, you get 25% off until March 1. So you have another week to get 25% off. Um, You can always use the code, uh, code PULSE and you can get 5% Five percent off, ten percent off, PPN launch does ten percent off. There's so many codes, just go to my Twitter at Wrestling Reverb and you'll see all the different kinds of um codes for discounts and yeah, please just continue to support us. We appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And um I have some Here we go, here we go. Kevin! We're gonna have a very special edition next week on our um well, you, our Monday, Tuesday edition of Wrestling Reverb. Because Kevin, Ooh. you got to get your thinking cap on because I have some wrestling trivia for you, and we're going to put you on the hot spot. We're going to ask you some okay. questions, and we're going to see how how many you can get these right. I have a whole I have a whole box of wrestling trivia, and I'm just going to pick out some random ones, and we're going to put Kevin under some pressure and put him on the spot.
3: Oh God, I'm going to get exposed. <laughs>
0: He's going to be expose for the fraud that he is.
3: <laughs> oh, no. No, that's awesome, man. I can't wait to do that. I love trivia,
0: so. Don't worry. I won't make it too hard. <laughs> we got this. Um... But yeah, that's what we're gonna do next week. So get ready for that. Get ex- get yourself all shaped up on uh, some wrestling trivia, little tidbits, and um, yeah, something yeah. to look forward to for next week as we roll into that and we get ready for more reverb rewinds. And we got Fastlane coming up. We're gonna have some prediction shows. We're gonna have recap shows. And then, of course, before you know it, it's going to be WrestleMania week. And, um, Kevin, I hope you're ready for WrestleMania week because I've already got the week off of work. We're going to be doing probably a lot of shows. We're probably going to be appearing on people's shows. So it's probably going to be a very hectic week, but I hope you're ready.
3: I'm ready. I was born ready. Oh, damn.
0: I hope you are born ready for that trivia. Uh,
3: I, I, I wasn't born
0: ready for it. I'll have to make myself ready for it. You've got a few days now. You can get yourself all um, pumped up. Oh, my cat is in here. Go away, cat. Um, yeah, get yourself ready for all that. Again, we appreciate the love that we've been getting and um, just the constant support from everybody. And um, thank you to everyone that um, sent in your audio ads. Now that I'm writing some ad spots on um, Wrestling Reverb to promote some of my uh, friends in this this wonderful podcasting wrestling community. Um, I've got so many. I, obviously, I'm not going to put them all in one episode. Um, just keep sending them through to podcast at com. If you need an audio ad, I have one all ready to go to promote this show. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Kevin, you want to give us a little goodbye?
3: Goodbye, everybody. Buy our merch. Keep listening to the show. We do this for you.
2: Good night, peace. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I the that. mother, same mother and father. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're known as. you have a photo I think I have on my fridge. When? 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 Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. grew up together. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Your room was. We share the room. Share the room. For we the right? room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. Do a podcast. What's it called? The Bro-cast. Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Movies. Yes, we've covered quite a lot of movies with our compilations. We sit back here and we uh, we watch movies. And we do give you, the wonderful people out there who listen to this, a our own sort of audio track. It we also gives you an wrestling. unwanted commentary. Yeah, you, you could just, like, I could simply just sit down and watch uh, a movie, but, like, oh, these guys are talking over it. I, 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 I can't enjoy this. And if you dig professional wrestling, we go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW. And if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor. And on Podknife, also check us out on Twitter at The broadcast. That's B-R-O-K-A-S-T. Yeah, yeah, up the yeah. Ending. No, it's all right. Good on yeah. you. Yeah. Instagram also at The broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slow mate. Take it easy.